Hello, and welcome to the Get Transformed podcast of Transformation Christian Fellowship. We are so excited that you're tuning in, and we hope that you will be empowered and transformed by the Word of God. God is so good. He is so good, and it's good to be here. It's good to be here with you this morning to be in your homes this morning we do not take it lightly you could be anywhere doing anything but you decided to tune in here at tcf and we are appreciative of that amen so god is so good i'm telling you it has been one of these interesting weeks that my wife and i have had this week but i tell you the truth that god is so good and that God is good to be in the house of the Lord. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. I don't know if you believe this, but I hope you do, that whatever you need is found in the presence of God. And in his presence is the fullness of joy, and in his right hand are pleasures forevermore. And so we give God praise that, again, that God, whatever it is, God has us all under the palm of his hand, and he will not leave you. He will not leave you. Hallelujah. He will not leave you. Turn with me, Acts, the 12th chapter. Um, Acts, the 12th chapter. We're good. Acts, the 12th, the 12th chapter. And um, it's um, verse, uh, verse 5 is what we're going to. Verse 5. All right. Acts, the 12th chapter, um, reading at verse 5. And it says that Peter was therefore kept in prison, but constant prayer was offered to God for him by the church. All right. That's verse 5. Verse 6 reads, and when Herod was about to bring him out that night, Peter was sleeping, bound with two chains between two soldiers, and the guards before the door were keeping the prison. Verse 7 says, Now behold, an angel of the Lord stood by him, and a light shone in the prisoner, I mean, excuse me, in the light, and a light shone in the prison, and he struck Peter on the side and raised him up saying arise quickly and his chains fell off his hands verse 8 says then the angel said to him gird yourself and tie on your sandals and so he did and he said to him put on your garment and follow me and verse 9 reads so he went out and followed him and did not know that what what uh, and did not know that what was done by the angel was real, but thought he was seeing a vision. Verse ten says, "When they were past the first and second guard posts, they came to the iron gate that leads to the city, which opened to them of its own accord." And they went out and went down one street, and immediately the angel departed from him. And verse 11 says, And when Peter had came to himself, he said, Now I know 
for certain that the Lord has sent his angel and has delivered me from the hand of Herod and all the expectation of the Jewish people. I want to talk to you. I want to go back to verse 5, and that's where we're going to put our attention on. And it says, Peter was therefore kept in prison, but constant prayer was offered to God for him by the church. I want to talk to you from the subject, the response. The response. The response. We've been in this series entitled Behind the Scenes, and I hope that you've been blessed by this series, Behind the Scenes. We're on week four, and I don't see it stopping for at least right now. And so what, I, what we've been doing for the last few weeks is taking you to show you the operation of God in the unseen realm so that you can navigate your natural reality. All right? And so by the end of this series, we want you to be aware of the reality of the supernatural realm, that you may have a better understanding of it in order that you may be able to recognize what is spiritual warfare and what is not, and that ultimately you will be, uh, you will be encouraged to know that God is in control of all things. Yeah. That's what you really need to know, that when we say God is in control, why is he in control? Uh, this series is helping you to give... Uh, when people ask you that question that you can bring an account, well, this is how he's under control. We understand that he was the creator of the universe, that he uh, set different rulers and powers up in the unseen around, uh, and how the unseen realm is the parent of the, of the seen. And that what we see is temporal, but the things we do not see is eternal. And so we understand, uh, so that's what we've been talking about. Last week we talked about uh, God is always working. We talked about always working. And this Tuesday we opened up something about prayer and God's providence that we're going to go far further into. And we're going to talk about prayer a little bit. And we're going to talk about God responding to that uh, which was happening uh, with the church praying in the book of Acts here. And so here in our text, let me just bring you up to speed of what's going on for a second. So King Herod, um, this Herod right here in the scriptures, his name is King Herod Agrippa. He is the grandson of King Herod the Great, who was the person that was uh, ruling at Jesus' birth who wanted him dead. Um, so you would see that it runs in the family that they all hate believers, <laughs> and they hate anything that could oppose uh, their rule. And so this church, the church, this new, you know, this new thing that has arised, man, is shaking up everything. It's shaking up everything. And uh, let me tell you something. Believers were not popular in that day. I just want to pause for a second and just say this, that we have never been popular. Christianity has never been something that people just all love what we say because a lot of things that we say are counterculture. Yeah. A lot of things that we're presenting to people is a better way of living that opposes the status. All right? So the Jewish folk that he's talking about that didn't like the Christians were the Sanhedrin. That was the Pharisees and all of this court of people who, who were opposed of what we call, they were literally called people of the way. They weren't even called Christians, but we were called people of the way. And so they were opposed of us. And so uh, I have to understand something about King uh, Herod Agrippa. He loved popularity. 
And in the earlier verses, it will tell you that because he saw uh, how the Jews loved the fact, well, this particular Jewish sect, because it wasn't everybody, but this particular Jewish sect, then when they saw that they were doing this, then he was like, all right, then let's go after Peter. He didn't already gone after John. John, the brother of James, not, uh, uh, excuse me, James, the brother of John, he's already gone after. Not James, the brother of Jesus Christ. James is the person that wrote the book of James, which is uh, Jesus' brother. That's James who wrote the book of James. All right, just being clear. But James, the brother of John, who was one of Jesus' close boys, they persecuted him. Matter of fact, Acts 12 to 12 will tell you that they killed him by the sword. And so that increased popularity. And then when, when King Herod Agrippa saw that, he was like, well, let's go after more of them then. Because if that's going to make me uh, 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 stand popular among the people and keep my rule, then that's what I'm going to do. And so he went to seize Peter. Now, as you can see here, ladies and gentlemen, is that uh, the plan is to attack the leaders of the church. Because if you can attack the head, then maybe you can slow down this movement. But while they were yet being persecuted, the church was still growing. The church was still moving forward. So God in his providence has used persecution to be the way in which the word of God spreads. Did God stop the persecution? No. Did God allow the persecution? Yes. But what did the persecution do? It spread the gospel. So while evil thinks that they're getting away, God is saying, okay, I'm just going to use that and turn it for the good of the people. <laughs> and for the good of my will. So you can see the bad things happening in your life as, oh my God, God hates me. Or you can see the bad things that happen in your life as this, that maybe God has allowed this because he about to have a greater purpose that is going to come through what I'm currently facing at the moment. So it's about how you perceive it. Yeah, it sucks. Yeah, persecution is not fun. Yes, going through this is not fun. Yes, suffering with this sickness is not fun. Yes, going through this is not fun. However, there has to be a bigger purpose to why God is allowing me to go through this because just maybe God is allowing me to go through this because there's somebody who needs my ministry or there's somebody who needs to know I need to know something about God that I would not have known if I did not go through what I was going through. That's why James says to count it as joy. So just maybe, just maybe there is something God is trying to get through to me concerning this. And so here we have it, ladies and gentlemen. Whereas though Peter is in a dire situation, I'm not going to be long, but Peter is in a dire situation. And here's the thing, y'all. The church at this point, James, one of the big leaders of the church, yeah. he didn't just got his head. Stephen. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is not looking good for us. 
Think about it. This ain't looking good, y'all. And guess what? This is what challenged me. Verse 5, Peter was therefore kept in prison, but constant prayer was offered to God for him by the church. I want, to sh I want you to understand something. That verse is key. Why is that verse key? Because the church could have stopped praying. Because it seemed like the church has been taking some L's. I want you to understand something, right? The church at this point has been suffering. It seems like they've been getting L's because the leaders of the church have been going out of here. Now, Jesus never promised them that persecution wouldn't come. And he never promised them that they would be spared of it. Jesus said, they will hate you. They will hang you. They will do this. They will do that. And James, being one of his close boys, had to suffer. Because Jesus never said that you and I wouldn't go through anything. <laughs> he never said that. So for you to be mad at something that he, he told you up front, listen, they're going to persecute you. They ain't going to like you. This is what's going to happen. So for you to be so surprised, he told you this. They're not going to like you. They ain't going to get with you. Yeah, you're going to suffer many things for the gospel. He told you this. This ain't new. But yet, this is what happens. Because you didn't see prayer work. And the last things that you prayed for, you stopped. And you have rendered prayer to be powerless because you didn't see God move for your sick grandmother or grandfather or mother or father or loved one because you feel as though he didn't answer that. So why, is, why, why do I even pray? Why bother? Is it just me? Has, is it that I can attest to the fact that there were people I prayed for, I was expecting a particular result. But because I didn't get that particular result, I went to God and said, God, what are you? You're cruel. Because I did not get the result that I wanted. At this point, Stephen has been killed. At this point, James has been killed. At this point, people have been persecuted, brought out of homes and all of this stuff. And it seems like the church is taking L's. <laughs> Hallelujah. It seems like we've rendered, let me tell you something, in the day and age that we live in now, we have rendered that prayer is powerless. And we've been telling people, yeah, prayer is okay, but you've been trying to substitute other things that you think your manifestation will help you. You say prayer and therapy. Well, I think God is going to use everything to come together. I don't think you can have one without the other. And so the truth of the matter is you try to substitute everything everything with man-made resources nothing wrong with therapy I encourage it but let me tell you something I can talk to man hallelujah and that could help me a little bit but the old folk used to say have a little talk with Jesus tell him all about your trouble and he'll answer by and by 
my God, help me now. And so you can't stop. Because let me tell you something. This is what you have to understand about prayer, ladies and gentlemen. And this is what you got to understand about God. And this is what I'm coming to grips with. Is that God's providence is different in every situation. And so they did not count what did not happen in every situation to count for this one. God had to teach the church that how I respond is not going to always be the same. And there are times where you're going to have to wrestle with the fact of what did not happen. There are times where you have to wrestle with the fact of what exactly is going on. I thought I was going to get this particular thing. I thought that this was particularly going to happen. I thought that this was going to lay out and be what it needed to be. But there are times where you have to wrestle with that with God. They say, God, I don't understand why that did not happen. I didn't understand why. I, got, uh, I thought I had the job in my hand uh, and I didn't get it. Uh, I don't understand why this family member, I prayed for everybody else uh, and this person weren't healed. I don't understand, God, why we prayed for the person who were murdered on life support, but they wouldn't come. Why? I'm trying to talk to somebody who's really dealing with this. You got to let me tell you some all of us have came across this at one point or another. If you haven't, you got to keep living. But what I'm encouraged is, is that the church didn't see their losses as a moment of to render prayer powerless. But they saw it as another opportunity for the will of God that can be done in this situation. You have to understand that the providence of God is a mystery. You and I will never understand it. Why? Because it's not meant for us to understand it. That's what makes him God and we his creation. That makes him God. If we could understand all of God, what would make him be a person that we could serve? If you could understand them all, there has to be some mystery with God that the secret things of the Lord belong to him and everything that he's made you to know is in here and things that he don't want you to know at the moment is up to him. <laughs> Prayer, ladies and gentlemen, is not powerless because of the response prayer is powerful because of whom you pay to pray to but the effect of prayer is not because God chose not to come the same way that he then came other times what makes prayer powerful ladies and gentlemen is to whom we pray to because we understand here's what you have to understand about prayer ladies and gentlemen is that prayer presupposes a belief in the personality of God his ability and willingness to hold intercourse with us his personal control of all things and of all creatures and all their actions prayer ladies and gentlemen puts us in a place uh, it is the vehicle in which we being here on the earth interact with a God that is outside of this prayer Princeton is the way that you and I conversate with God 
Because God is not of this world. And so how do we communicate with God? We communicate through him through prayer. And the reason why the, the garden and the sin was so, oh my God, it was so great that it destroyed that type of relationship. That's why Jesus had to come because he had to be the mediator between us and God so that when we do pray to a God that's outside of this, then he sees his son. And that's how Hebrews 4 will tell you, let us come boldly to the throne of grace. Because you have to understand something that your prayer is the vehicle in which you communicate with the unseen realm. And God lives in the unseen. Hallelujah. And his abode is heaven. That's why it says when you're, oh my God, in the presence of God, there's the fullness of joy. And that is right hand our pleasures forevermore. The truth of the matter is, is that God has created this tool called prayer that will let you enter in into his presence. It's not just for petitioning. It's just not for you interceding on what you want. But it's also so that you can say, God, what's up? What's going on? Let's have a little conversation. Hey, let me catch you up with what my day was like. And let me hear from you, God, or what you want me to do and how you you want me to do it let me tell you something god is a, that, that that communication is important and it's vital to your life are you hearing me ladies and gentlemen prayer god jesus oh my god god puts a high value on prayer he put a value on it that my father said it he put such a high value on prayer that he died so that you can have it he put such a value on prayer that jesus hung on their cross from day until noon and oh my god until the sun turned dark he stayed on that cross he endured the shame endured the beating so that you and i could talk with him and how you how dare you decide like oh I pray here and there God died for it it's something that you have to put on the line why wouldn't you not use something that was so valuable to God that he's given to us ladies and gentlemen you're so glued on the response and God just wants to talk. You're so focused on why this didn't happen and why that didn't happen. I know I am. It's the type of person I am. Lord, why? There's nothing wrong with questioning God. You just better be ready to receive what it is that he has to say. Some people don't mind questioning. They scared to question because they don't want to hear from them. They don't really want to hear the answer. Or they're they afraid of no answer at all. <laughs> and so, ladies and gentlemen, we see that this is so important because, listen, the church did not stop praying because all the other situations did not turn out right. What they did, they, the scripture says that they, but constant prayer was offered to God for him by the church. Ladies and gentlemen, let's dive deep in here. What this says, it says constant prayer was done. Acts, excuse me, Luke chapter 18, verse 1 would say, it says, then he spoke. This is, this is what Luke said that Jesus said. Then he spoke a parable to them that men always ought to pray and not lose heart. 
Listen, Jesus said that men ought to always pray. It is a command. This is not something that is a, a that you can you you can, it's, it's 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 not something that is up for debate. He said men ought to always pray and not lose heart. Ladies and gentlemen, the type of prayer that they were doing in the Book of Acts was intercessory prayer, but it wasn't just regular intercessory prayer. Intercessory prayer, for those of you who don't know, it is to intercede on the behalf of someone else. It is to put someone else before the throne room of God and what they were doing was putting Peter before before God he was in a dire situation he needed God he needed the he needed a miracle and guess what he guess what happened that that they prayed constantly but it didn't seem like watch this this is what you got to see in the book of Acts and I'm coming to, I gotta I, I'm gonna wrap this up he says and Herod was about to bring him out that night. So you don't know from the time that Peter was arrested and how long it was. We know it was around Passover, but we don't got specific times. All we know is at the time he was arrested, constant prayer had been offered up because it was going to happen was is that the night before the night that Peter, the night that he was about to come out. The night before his sentencing, hallelujah, someone came because constant prayer had been offered up. Ladies and gentlemen, this idea is earnest prayer. It pictures someone stretching out all they can for something. This verb in the Greek, ladies and gentlemen, is related to uh, uh, ectonase. Ectonase is a medical term, ladies and gentlemen, describing the stretching of a muscle to its limits. Ladies and gentlemen, what God was doing for them was stretching them in prayer to their limits. How? Let me tell you something. This is what prayer does. Number one, prayer invites God into the situation. Then not only does it invite God, because let me tell you something. There's things that we pray for. What we see as a miracle is something that God already ordained. God already ordained what he was going to do, but it's by your prayer that invoked his will in a situation. This is why Jesus says that as it is in heaven, excuse me, as it is in earth, as it is in heaven, as it is on earth. Because, ladies and gentlemen, God's will has already been done. It's already fixed. So when you see a, a change in a doctor's report, it wasn't that God changed his mind. God already intended at that moment that doctor's report was going to be changed. <laughs> oh my God! When you applied for that job, it wasn't that. that it wasn't that uh, uh, you didn't. <laughs> it wasn't that. Oh my God! God gave it to me right on time. God already had it ordained that at that moment, at that time, that particular opportunity was going to come. And your prayers, and see, this is what people get hold on. So should I pray? Yes, you have to pray because your the prayer is what invites God in to bring his will into the situation. So when they were praying, they were stretching themselves to the point of all their limit so that the will of God would invade earth. Hallelujah. When I'm praying, I'm praying that the will of God would invade earth. I'm praying that whatever his established, his, oh my God, his perfect will is, that it will be established on the earth. 
whatever that is, whatever his will is, I'm praying that it would be established here on the earth. And sometimes God will allow things to go until it sees how far do you want it. A lot of things are held up because you ain't stretching yourself. A lot of things are held up because you don't want to stretch in prayer. I know I'm speaking to a generation that think you won't get it overnight, but I'm on, I got rude awakening for you. There's some things that you got to stretch for. There's some things you got to bust down doors for. There are some things that you got to tell hell I ain't backing down. And let me tell you something. Hell was nervous for TCF to get to this building. We went through all this hell just to finally get here. But guess what? We didn't back down. We just stretched a little harder. Put in that chat section, say you gotta stretch. So he invited him in. I'm coming. He invites him in. And what happened? While he was praying, while, the, while Peter was arrested, hallelujah, and while it seemed that hell was going to win. The people of God was in a house praying. They weren't close to Peter. They were in the house. But while they were in the house, they were in God's presence in the unseen realm. And then when God heard them stretching out, then he decided to send the angel of the Lord. See, this is what's happening in the unseen. Because in the unseen realm, when you're praying, your words are going to work in the unseen. And this is what happens while your words are going out there. And you're right here. God had already stepped in already to what you have already asked for. Hallelujah. That's how, oh my God, there was a centurion man. He had great money, but he told Jesus, look, I don't need you to come with me. I just need you to send a word. If you send a word from here, then I know my child will be healed there. That's why the enemy want to keep you from praying. Because he knows what words do in the unseen realm. Because if your words are tapping into the will of God there, then God says, all right, let me go. So let me, oh, okay, I see you. I see you. I see you stretching. Ah, that's according to my will. And then here's God's response. Send in the angel. Hallelujah. Let me tell you something. There is an angel assigned to your words. That when your words come here, the ministering angels God sends. The full go in the hospital. Go to the Ukraine. Go to, oh my God, those different parts of your life. And they will do what God has commanded them to do. Ladies and gentlemen, the problem is, is that if you want you... If God is working behind the scenes while you're praying, because they didn't know that Peter was being helped. Hallelujah. And they, oh my God, and it looked like it wasn't going to happen, but on the night. Hallelujah, Peter was about to come in the chains for it. Now on the night that they was about to bring him before everybody. On the night that Herod had scheduled. On the day, oh my God, because the 
next day Peter was about to be on front of everybody but on that very night hallelujah let me tell you something it may look like it may go to midnight it may look like it's gonna go all the way down to the final hour it may look like it'll go down all the way to the, to the last second but guess what God always shows up because your prayers have invoked heaven to collide with earth Hallelujah. Look at somebody say, don't be worried about the time. Don't you be worried about the time. The time is what's going to make you worried. The time is what's going to make you anxious. I know you're waiting for that house, but wait. I know you're waiting for that relationship, but wait. But in that time that God has designed, everything will work out. Oh my God, oh my God, oh my goodness. Listen, listen, listen. James, the fifth chapter. I'm coming now. I'm coming now. James, the fifth chapter. Here we go. Here we go. It says, confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Let me clear something up for you. It is not about how hard you pray. It is about how, and that's not what makes your prayer powerful. It's not in the tone of your voice. It's in you being a righteous man. Hallelujah. Ah, that's what makes it prayer. It didn't say the effective, fervent prayer of a voice of someone who's bolsterous avails must. It says a righteous person. It didn't say a hellish person prayer avails much. It didn't say a heathen's prayer avails much. It said those who are righteous, those who are, oh my God, on the right side, those who have given their lives to Christ, those are the prayers that avails much. Pastor B, I can't pray like you. You ain't supposed to. Because I'm not, oh my God, because if I wasn't a righteous man, my prayers wouldn't be heard anyway. But what makes your prayers hurt like mine is that you righteous. And I was declared righteous because Jesus' righteousness was imputed upon me. And at the day I gave my life to Christ was the day that I became the righteousness of Christ. And so listen, the response, the response, ladies and gentlemen, was that it invoked such a thing where God began to show up when they really need it. Let me tell you something. We don't take what you may seem like, listen, certain things didn't go your way and all that stuff. But listen, you ain't going to take L's for long. <laughs> I don't know who needs to hear this, but something uh, at some point uh, is going to turn around and change. At some point, uh, God is not going to let you stay in a place where you feel like this is rendered powerless. He had to just use that as a teaching lesson for the church. But God was saying in this moment, I I'm going to come and I'm going to deliver Peter and I'm going to send the angel of the Lord. Hallelujah. 
the righteous prayer. Here we go. Ephesians 6, verse 18. It says it like this. It says, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. Ladies and gentlemen, there are certain things that you have to persevere for. There are certain things that you got to persevere for. They may not understand it now, but guess what? Your prayers when you persevere, because let me tell you something. When you pray, you go into another realm. You, you, you step out of your natural realm and you enter into where God is and you begin to pray and you can move things. Oh my God, under the will of God in the heavens. Hallelujah. You got to understand that this ain't no cliche cliche that prayer works. This ain't no cliche that prayer is powerful. Hallelujah. This ain't no cliche of none of that. It's something that's a bona fide fact. It's something that is truth and facts. And here we go. The angel comes to get Peter. And this is how you see how the unseen realm interacts to to, to intervene into this situation God sends an angel Peter think he in a vision Peter like am I sleeping is this real the other text has said that the angel of the Lord slapped Peter because he had to realize that hey you got to get out of here let me tell you something I'm trying to free you he said get your clothes on I don't know what you're looking at this ain't no vision Peter get your tail up we got to get out of here Look at me, listen, let me tell you, Peter was around other guards. They were up that, that close with him. Let me tell you something. You don't got no time, Peter. Like, oh, God, should I go with him or not? Hey, man, let's go. Let's get out of here. What you doing? What you doing? He said, Peter, Peter, he's like, look, gird yourself. Put your shoes on, man. Put your clothes on. Get out of here, man. Peter looking at him, is this real? Peter, he, he just went along with it, but, but it's not until they passed the second and got on the street where they realized, he realized, now I know that the angel of the gods, the Lord sent the angel to come get me out of here. And so, ladies and gentlemen, I'm so glad that God would send an angel to come save and rescue Peter. I don't know what God will send to rescue you. I don't know what God will send. I don't know what he's, I don't know what the heavens are going to do, but I knew, I do know this, the heavens are going to do something. I don't know all of what's going to happen, but one thing I do know, I don't know how all of this is going to play out. I don't know how certain things are going to make itself known, but I do know that as long as I got prayer and as long as I'm praying to Oh my God, see, let me tell you understand something for all of you new age manifestos out here. I'm talking to you. All of you, put the camera on me right here. I'm talking to you. All of you who think that, oh, I just manifested and I can be a Christian and miss my new, oh no, you can't because that makes you a heathen. You can't mix nothing. That makes you, uh, that makes you Christian-ish. It don't make you a real believer. When you're a real believer, you don't gotta mix nothing in your faith because you'll understand that a real believer knows that that ain't nothing but a ripoff from what prayer and 
faith is. And so let me tell you this right now, is that you can manifest things all you want to. And guess what? You will think that yourself is a God, but you're not God. And so this is why this is what manifestation looks like in Christianity. Here's what it looks like. A person like myself goes to God, who's the ruler and the creator of the universe, and takes my petition up to him. And then when I take my petition up to him, then whatever his will is that I'm inviting him in this situation will be manifested and be made known here on the earth. Look at you, let me tell you something. I don't want no counterfeit. You little counterfeit. I don't want no counterfeit. This ain't no counterfeit belief. This ain't no counterfeit belief. This is real belief. Hey, and if you can live with a counterfeit, then guess what? You ain't got the real thing. But I got the real thing. Jesus is his name. I got the real thing. And you can have it too if you get out of yourself. I don't care. You don't have to like me. I don't give a rats. The real reality of this, I'm called the preaching season and out of season. I don't care if you like it or if you don't like it, but I'm going to tell you right now, that's why you got counterfeit things, counterfeit money, counterfeit blessings, counterfeit all of that, and you still don't got no peace because your little manifestation can't bring that. I'm tired of you counterfeits. You can take your angel numbers, you can take your little cards, you can take all of that stuff into you that ain't gonna help you. But there's one thing that helps the prayer of a righteous man avails. Hallelujah. My God in here. Hallelujah, because when I hear the Bible says, draw near unto me, and I'll draw near unto you. The reality of the matter is, Jesus said, come, all ye that are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Let me tell you something. Jesus is an open book, and he's saying, come unto me, and experience the real, genuine, true, authentic love. God, I praise you. Because when I pray, heaven gives a response. And guess what? Let me tell you something. If he don't respond the way that I want him to respond. If there's some times where God's will, I thought it was going to go this way and it goes another way. But you know what prayer says? Prayer is like Jesus prayed. Because the word that's being used to say is the same word that's used in the garden when Jesus stretched out in prayer in the garden and he asked Lord is there any other way can any other thing be done and God and then he got to himself and said you know what prayer says nevertheless your will be done oh my God if it is just your will I'm going to say it through and you're going to give me the peace to get past this. Come on, stand to your feet and say heaven's gonna respond. Heaven's gonna respond one way or another. It's gonna be a nevertheless. Your will be done. How I 
Father, you bless me. I'll be satisfied. He's already done enough to do, oh my God. He's already done over and beyond that I expected. And just for me to be coming to his presence, it's just a jewel. Come on and praise God. If you're glad that you serve a God that is inclined his ear to yours. If you're glad you serve a God who is not so proud, that's not so mighty, that he wouldn't come down to meet you where you are. I'm saying if you come to this God, he will transform your life. Yes, he will. Yes, he will. I'm saying if you still need a response, he can get that to you. If you're still waiting for a response, wait on the Lord and be of good courage. And he will encourage your heart. He will encourage your heart. He will encourage your heart. One thing I desire of the Lord, that which I will seek after, that I may dwell in the presence of God forever and ever. I feel my help now. They that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They will mount up like wings on eagles. Let me break it in. Yes. 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 Yes, he will. Yes, he will. Whatever that line, thou hast taught me to say that it is well with my soul. And my response is, whatever your will be done, Lord. If it don't happen the way I thought, I'll take it. You just got to have to walk me through it. <laughs> whatever you will decide, <laughs> I'll do but nevertheless, let your will be done in this situation and through me. <laughs> Lift your hands to heaven if you're watching online and in person. Talk with your God in this moment. I don't know if you need to reconcile some things in your heart about praying to God because of what did not happen. Come on. Open your mouth online. Open your mouth in here. Reconcile it in your heart. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Lord, reconcile it in somebody's heart, God, what has happened. Thanks for listening to the Get Transformed podcast. We hope that you subscribe so that you can continue to be empowered by the latest podcast. For more information on Transformation Christian Fellowship, visit our website at transformationchristianfellowship.org or download our free mobile app on the App Store or Google Play Store. 
If you would like to support this ministry, simply text TCF1 to 77977. We thank you for your generosity and for listening to the Get Transformed podcast. And remember, transformation starts here.